The following is a sample episode of a type of show I put inside Patreon. Additionally, inside Patreon, I do a live show every other Saturday night for about an hour, hour and a half where I take calls. I hope people will consider all the different things I've taught them and the information I provide and support my show because we have to stick together. Otherwise, we have no chance. Thank you. Enjoy. Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to start covering Lysander Spooner. It's no treason in this episode. And it's going to take a lot of episodes, but I hope people enjoy this. It's a little bit different kind of show because we have to be able to learn what real freedom is and how badly misled everybody is. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I understand what the law says. I understand what the Constitution is and does. And I tell them the truth about it. And it makes most people's heads explode because they get pissed off because it's so identified with this nonsense they've been fed about it. But I don't care because the truth is the truth. And they can be upset with me, but they can't address my arguments. <laughs> so I'm also a self-certified master practitioner. I gave myself that award almost 20 years ago. And I'm quite proud of that. Now, this program definitely runs long. I suspect most of the ones in this series will. So let's go ahead and get started. So I've decided I'm going to do extensive number of shows on Lysander Spooner's work. And one of the things I'm going to do shows on is his incredibly great essay called No Treason, which is the Constitution of No Authority. And people cite it all the time. I don't know if it's his best work, but it's certainly fantastic. And he has all sorts of great stuff. I've got his collected works and there's so many good things in there. My concept is I'm probably going to end up reading most of the essay over time and commenting on it because every part of it is just so good. Yeah, it'll take a lot of shows, but I think every show will be very interesting. And I go back and forth. You know, the reality is most of the people, they, they're not necessarily unreachable if they'd been gotten early, but they just don't really give a crap. And that's fine. I got no problem with that. My show is for people who who are very interested, who appreciate the technical abilities I have because of my long time practicing law and just the insights I bring. And I enjoy having people like that in my circle. And the reality is it's just probably always going to be a very small band. And I think a show like this will be helpful because it, it comes on the heels of that show I just did, another kind of show about consent. And if you haven't listened to that, I suggest you listen to it first because shows people how consent of the people is presented. And I just get so sick and tired of listening to these these fakers on radio and media and in academia talking about the country and all the fantasticness of it and the freedom, the liberty, the consent of the people. And it's all idiotic. And I want to compare and contrast the sort of depth that a real discussion would have. And the fact is, we could be having a real discussion if those people out in the media weren't a bunch of traitors who sell their audience out every single day in order to just push this red-blue nonsense and make tons of money for themselves and act as gatekeepers to keep everybody in the plantation of government 
under this false pretenses that the Constitution is this amazing thing, boy, we can make a lot of progress. But we're probably never going to. Probably never going to. And to the extent that anybody even survives, I hope that at least the shows I've made here, ultimately they're timeless because it doesn't matter what kind of government you bring in. The problems and the issues I bring up, they apply to every government. And so do Spooner's arguments. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read a little bit and then I'm going to comment. And I'm not going to get very far into it. I'm going to read through the kind of introductory portion and then his seven reasons about consent and just about a paragraph beyond that. And I think it's going to hold together quite nicely. And it's, it's really interesting. The guy's a fantastic writer and thinker. So I hope everybody enjoys this as much as I do. So let's go ahead and get started. The question of treason is distinct from that of slavery and is the same that it would have been if free states instead of slave states had seceded. It's a great point, right? It's a great point. doesn't matter that it was the North or the South. And he brings that up because he wrote extensively about uh, the abolition of slavery. He was a big abolitionist, and his arguments there are also excellent and how it's unconstitutionally goes through the whole thing. But that's why he kind of brings it up. On the part of the North, the war was carried on not to liberate the slaves, but by a government that had always perverted and violated the Constitution to keep the slaves in bondage and was still willing to do so if the slaveholders could thereby be induced to stay in the Union. Completely true. The principle on which the war was waged by the North was simply this, that men might rightfully be compelled to submit to and support a government that they do not want, and that resistance on their part makes them traitors and criminals. <laughs> That's the reality. And all the bullshit around Lincoln is to, in order to cover that fact up. See, it's all there to cover that up because the people in the South, they voted to leave. That's it. They voted to leave and the people in the North said you can't leave. <laughs> it had nothing to do with slavery. Lincoln made it clear. If he could keep them all slaves, he would. If he could free them all, he would. If he could keep some slaves and free others, he would. His only purpose was to keep the Union together. That's it. And that's what it boils down to right there. They voted to leave. They formed a country. They left. And they weren't allowed to. Any defense of Lincoln and having one of the coins of the bills, it just shows that the country is not about freedom and choice and consent. It's just not. Let's go on. No principle that is possible to be named can be more self-evidently false than this or more self-evidently fatal to all political freedom. Yet it triumphed in the battlefield. It's now assumed to be established. If it be really established, the number of slaves, instead of having been diminished by the war, has been greatly increased. For a man, thus subjected to a government that he does not want, is a slave. And there is no difference in principle, but only in degree, between political and chattel slavery. The former, no less than the latter, denies a man ownership of himself and the products of his labor, and asserts that other men may own him and dispose of him and his property for their uses and at their pleasure. And that's just the reality. It's true. Chattel slavery was dying all over the, uh, the world during the 19th century, and it was ended in most places without a war, peacefully. And they ushered in debt slavery to government, debt. And that's what we have now. And if you say, oh, I'm not a slave, he, he points it out. It's just a matter of degree. They can still put you in as much debt as they want. They can order you to do anything they want. Close your business. Wear a mask. doesn't make any difference. And it's just going to keep going. Now they're putting them in camps down in Australia. So it's just a fantasy. There is no consent to this. Let's continue. 
Previous to the war, there were some grounds for saying that, in theory at least, if not in practice, our government was a free one, that it rested on consent. But nothing of that kind can be said now. If the principle on which the war was carried on by the North is irrevocably established. If that principle be not the principle of the Constitution, the facts should be known. If it be the principles of the Constitution, the Constitution itself should be at once overthrown. And that's just another way of his saying that the Constitution was either authorized everything you see or has been incapable of preventing it. Either way, it's worthless. And it's true, because if the Constitution is, supports what the North did by locking everybody in and killing the people and bringing them in and saying it's a consensual government, well, then it's a, just a horrible document. And if it's not the principle of the Constitution, then we don't operate under the Constitution. And everybody needs to know that. <laughs> we don't actually have a government that's authorized in any way under the Constitution. There's just no way around that logic. And this is the fundamental problem with all so-called constitutional conservatism, as it's espoused by, like that joker or academician that I did this show on, by every single person in right-wing radio and politics and TV and print. They all push the same inconsistent load of shit that makes no sense. Okay, here's the text. Notwithstanding all the proclamations we have made to mankind within the last 90 years, that our government rested on consent and that that was the only rightful basis on which any government could rest. The late war has practically demonstrated that our government rests upon force, as much so as any government that ever existed. That's it. So you can't hold a voluntary union together with a war. And it's endless bullshit about how we have to have consent, the consent of the people, and that's what distinguishes us. But we don't have consent of the people. So there you go. Let's continue. The North has thus virtually said to the world, it was all very well to prate of consent so long as the objects to be accomplished were to liberate ourselves from our connection with England and also to coax a scattered and jealous people into a great national union. But now that those purposes have been accomplished and the power of the North has been consolidated, it is sufficient for us, as for all governments, simply to say our power is our right. Wow, so it's dead on. In proportion to her wealth and population, the North has probably expended more money and blood to maintain her power over an unwilling people than any other government ever did. And in her estimation, it is apparently the chief glory of her success and an adequate compensation for all of her own losses and an ample justification for all her devastation and carnage of the South that all pretense of any necessity for consent to the perpetuity or power of the government is forever expunged from the minds of the people. In short, the North exalts beyond measure in the proof she has given that a government professedly resting on consent will expend more life and treasure in crushing dissent than any government openly founded on force has ever done. <laughs> Man, that's just a great point, you know? I mean, that war was so costly. The number of people killed as a percentage, the, the bloodshed, the destruction of the South, all to keep them inside the government. And see, today it's all about the slavery, slavery, slave, and you're racist if you bring it all up. He destroys that in the very first part. Secession and consent are completely different than slavery. They aren't the same, as I've said over and over. It doesn't matter what the war's fought over. You can't hold a voluntary union together. That's all. You just can't do it. It doesn't have any possible way to make that logical. So <laughs> it was just this incredible amount of terror they rained down. 
<laughs> Where's the consent? It's not there. Let's continue. And she claims that she's done all this, she meaning the state, on behalf of liberty, on behalf of free government, on behalf of the principle that government should rest on consent. Wow, this is the part that really drives me crazy about these constitutional conservatives and that stupid jackass uh, from uh, the college who was running around talking about majorities being you know, the consent of the people. It's the hypocrisy that we run around pretending we're about liberty, free government, consent, and all this other crap, and we're just the opposite. The opposite. We're the worst of the worst. It's insane. It's just such a hypocrisy. It's almost impossible to even grasp how people can continue to run around, pretend to be constitutional conservatives, and then love on Lincoln, but they always do. And it's this insane sort of mind screwing that they do with people that has everybody so confused. But if you ask people, how is it possible to hold a voluntary union together with a war? You just see these sort of blank looks on their face because they've really never thought about it. Because Every side supports the Civil War because they've made it in this ridiculous fakery about freeing slaves. It turned everybody in the country into a slave who doesn't want to be in there. So now we have hundreds of millions of slaves inside this thing under this fake pretense of consent and govern of the people and all this other crap. It's just none of it's true. There is no consent. All right, let's continue. This astonishing absurdity and self-contradiction are to be accounted for only by supposing either that the lusts of fame, power, and money have made her utterly blind to or utterly reckless of the inconsistency and enormity of her conduct, or that she's never even understood what was implied in a government's resting on consent. Perhaps this last explanation is the true one. In charity to human nature, it is to be hoped that it is. Man, that's great. I mean, that's right there. The entire concept there is this idea I always have, which is I don't know if these people know what they're talking about. They're just complete fools or if they actually understand what they're saying and how badly they're misleading people. Are they dupes or knaves? I don't know. I think a lot of them are just dupes because they're narcissists and they just want money and they never really think about what they say. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. They do the exact same amount of damage either way. Exact same amount of damage either way. And so all those people who run around pretending, certainly the ones who are bright, who make millions of dollars, they have to understand what's going on. They understand it's all fake. And they write books about Lincoln. They push Lincoln all the time. In addition to pushing all of the, the fake narratives like September 11th, they don't question that stuff. They push the vaccine. They push all that stuff. And then they want to run around and talk about freedom and consent and liberty and all this stupid shit. Doesn't make any sense. Think how much more sophisticated just a few paragraphs of this guy's work are compared to all the blather you hear constantly out in public about freedom and liberty and America and justice and all this stupid shit. Wow. Man, the level we're exposed to uh, is just so low. So low. Even in academia, they just blow past all these issues. What then is implied in a government's resting on consent? Let's see what it is. And he's got seven things he goes through, and we're going to get through each one of them in this episode. If it be said that the consent of the strongest party in a nation is all that it's necessary to justify the establishment of a government that shall have authority over the weaker party, it may be answered that the most despotic governments in the world rest upon that very principle. In other words, the consent of the strongest party. These governments are formed simply by the consent or agreement 
of the strongest party, that they will act in concert in subjecting the weaker party to their dominion. And the despotism and tyranny and injustice of these governments consist in that very fact, or at least that is the first step in their tyranny, a necessary preliminary to all the oppressions that are to follow. And that's true. And he's not talking about parties when he's talking about that. He's not talking about the Democrats or Republicans. He's talking about the people who, f- who get together to form the government. See, the, the red and the blue team, they're on the same team. They're team government. There's team government and there's everybody else. And if it's just the strongest team, well, that's not the basis for jack shit consent, right? Let's go on. If it be said that the consent of the most numerous party in a nation is sufficient to justify the establishment of their power over the less numerous party, it may be answered. And then he goes through his seven reasons. So what he's basically setting up is that, look, you either have to say that it's the strongest party, and that's basically the kind of tyranny that we run around and point to and say, oh, that's not, that's not reasonable, right? Because that's all what despotism and tyranny is. <laughs> that's what it is. It's just a strong man. And so here he is. He's going, to co- he's going to contrast that with what we're told, which is that it's the most numerous party, Right, the majority rules. This is the whole wall. The majority is the way to go. All right, that's what we just heard in the previous episode I did about this idea that, well, you can't get unanimity, so, you, so you're going to get majority rule. That's what you're going to get. And they just substitute that for actual consent. So he goes through seven reasons why that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. First, that two men have no more natural right to exercise any kind of authority over one than one has to exercise the same authority over two. A man's natural rights are his own against the whole world, and any infringement of them is equally a crime, whether committed by one man or by millions, whether committed by one man calling himself a robber or by any other name indicating his true character, or by millions calling themselves a government. (laughs) Right. It's not okay to say, well, you you lost a vote, so you lose. I'm not going to give up my rights because because I lost a vote. I'm not going to agree to a vote like that. See, that doesn't work. But that's all skipped over with the freedom and the justice and the vote and the liberty and all the stupid crap that you just get this very watered-down, silly, sophomoric answer to, where does the government get consent? Okay, let's go on. Second, it would be absurd for the most numerous party to talk of establishing a government over the less numerous party unless the former were also the strongest as well as the most numerous. For it is not to be supposed that the strongest party would ever submit to the rule of the weaker party merely because the latter were the most numerous. And as a matter of fact, it is perhaps never that the governments are established by the most numerous party. They are usually, if not always, established by the less numerous party, their superior strength consisting in their superior wealth, intelligence, and ability to act in concert. Exactly. This is the conspiracy theory nonsense that they spew. Right? The idea that a small group of people acting behind the scenes are the ones who are actually running this thing and they're the ones who support this government. That's all it is. And the, the masses are just a bunch of duped fools who think it is what they're told. Why? Because they don't benefit from it, but they're abused by it. And the people who benefit from it are in the minority. It's just obvious as hell. And the stronger party isn't ever going to give in, just like that stuff I read to you from Plato. It would never happen. Let's move on. Third, our Constitution does not profess to have been established simply by the majority, but by the people 
the minority as much as the majority. Exactly. This is the problem. Every single time there's disagreement, you say, well, they just got to vote. Okay, well, I, I don't agree to have my stuff voted away when I hold a minority position. I have no representation. That makes no sense. So the Constitution, which purports to do one thing, is just a complete and total lie. It's a sham. It's a cover. That's the problem with it is that the people imagine it's something it's not. And that's where the source of our problem is because the people worship it, love it, want to defend it, and they have no damn idea what it is. None. None whatsoever. Fourth, if our fathers in 1776 had acknowledged the principle that a majority had the right to rule the minority, we should never become a nation. For they were in a small minority as compared with those who claimed the right to rule over them. That's true. Think how few people could even vote. Right? So it's complete nonsense. This is just, it's, <sighs> it's just, I don't know. It's whatever. It's just so, it's so silly. Fifth, majorities as such afford no guarantees for justice. They are men of the same nature as minorities. They have the same passions for fame, power, and money as minorities and are liable and likely to be equally, perhaps more than equally, because more boldly rapacious, tyrannical, and unprincipled if entrusted with power. There is no more reason, then, why a man should either sustain or submit to the rule of a majority than a minority. Majorities and minorities cannot rightfully be taken at all into account in deciding questions of justice. <laughs> exactly. And all talk about them in matters of government is mere absurdity. Men are dunces for uniting to sustain any government on any laws except those in which they are all agreed. And nothing but force and fraud compel men to sustain any other. To say that majorities as such have a right to rule minorities is equivalent to saying that minorities have and ought to have no rights except such as majorities please to allow them. Listen to all of that in there. I've explained these principles again and again to people. But the, the very first part of it is just a restatement of the fact that men are bad and can't rule themselves, and therefore we need men to run government so they can run the men. <laughs> it's all upside-down circular nonsense. If the people aren't trustworthy, if you have people being bad, how is government going to fix that? You put people in there. I went over this when the last guy was talking. And this is the simple fact is that this idea that you have rights, I've showed people again and again and again, you don't have rights. You don't have rights, whatever rights the government cares to give you. And you don't have any control of their government. And you don't have any right to consent to it or dissent from it. Because you can't do anything about any of it. And all the stuff about the vote and everything else, well, he goes over that in just in great detail. And we'll get to that too. But you can just see there is no consent. None of this stuff makes any damn sense if you actually look at it. And if you compare the in-depth analysis that this guy's just setting out as possible problems compared to the nonsense you were fed in civics class and by constitutional conservatives on radio and TV, just flag-waving nonsense, you can just see it all falls apart as soon as you actually analyze it. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal man? <laughs> well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. 
Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. And if you compare the in-depth analysis that this guy's just setting out as possible problems compared to the nonsense you were fed in civics class and by constitutional conservatives on radio and TV, just flag-waving nonsense, you can just see it all falls apart as soon as you actually analyze it. Let's go on. Sixth, it is not improbable that many or most of the worst governments, although established by force and by a few in the first place, come in time to be supported by a majority. And this is the description of what we actually have. And it's just fantastically and it's great. And when you hear it, you'll see how accurate it is. This guy's writing 150 years ago. So let's talk about the governments that come to be supported by majorities like ours. But if they do, this majority is composed in large part of the most ignorant, superstitious, timid, dependent, servile, and corrupt portions of the people. <laughs> of those who have been overawed by the power, intelligence, wealth, and arrogance of those who have been deceived by the frauds, and of those who have been corrupted by the inducements of the few who really constitute the government. Such majorities very likely could be found in half, perhaps in nine-tenths of all the countries on the globe. What do they prove? Nothing but the tyranny and corruption of the very governments that have reduced so large portions of the people to their present ignorance, servility, degradation, and corruption. An ignorance, servility, degradation, and corruption that are best illustrated in the simple fact that they do sustain the governments that have so oppressed, degraded, and corrupted them. Wow. They do nothing towards proving that the governments themselves are legitimate or that they ought to be sustained or even endured by those who understand their true character. The mere fact, therefore, that a government chances to be sustained by a majority of itself proves nothing that is necessary to be proved in order to know whether such government should be sustained or not. And this, of course, just perfectly summarizes the problem that people like me and, and you all experience, which is that how can people continue to not see what's going on and, and support this entity that just abuses the crap out of them? They've just been so corrupted, they're so reduced to ignorance, just the endless brainwashing that people undergo that they run around pretending that it's fantastic. And they'll wrap themselves in flags and tell me how it's the greatest freest. And when I ask them just very simple questions, they can't answer them. Yet they're totally and completely convinced they're right, that we live in the greatest freest, blah, blah, blah. Of course, none of that has anything to do with whether or not the government's in fact a good government. If there is any consent, if the government should be continued, those are all irrelevant. But they just shout you down, say you're not a patriot. <laughs> Okay, let's listen to the seventh and last one. Seventh, the principle that the majority have a right to rule the minority practically resolves all government into a mere contest between two bodies of men as to which of them shall be masters and which of them slaves, a contest that, however bloody, can in the nature of things never be finally closed so long as a man refuses to be a slave. Wow. And that's just true. It's the fact that they've had a war and won it and all this other. Who cares? 
That doesn't stop me from saying that they're oppressors and they're tyrants and everybody that supports them is my enemy. They are. The government sucks. It, it abuses me night and day. And that's never going to be okay with me. It's just never going to be okay. And it's not okay with a lot of people, even though they have the upper hand and they're getting it more and more and more. It still doesn't mean they have the, uh, the right on their side. And it still doesn't make those people who push constitutional conservatism anything except for uh, traitors to real freedom and liars and shills for the most part. Uh, certainly dupes, though many are knaves, mostly dupes, narcissistic dupes being paid, just fools, useful idiots. That's all. Wow, guy's good. Okay, and I want to read this last part of what he says as his introduction part with regards to consent. But to say that the consent of either the strongest party or the most numerous party in a nation is a sufficient justification for the establishment or maintenance of a government that shall control the whole nation does not obviate the difficulty. The question still remains, how comes such a thing as a nation to exist? How do many millions of men scattered over an extensive territory, each gifted by nature with individual freedom, required by the law of nature to call no man or body of men his masters, authorized by that law to seek his own happiness in his own way, to do what he will with himself and his property so long he does not trespass upon the equal liberty of others, authorized also by that law to defend his own rights and redress his own wrongs, and to go into the assistance and defense of any of his fellow men who may be suffering any kind of injustice. How do many millions of such men come to be a nation in the first place? How is it that each of them comes to be stripped of all his natural God-given rights and to be incorporated, compressed, compacted, and consolidated into a mass with other men whom he never saw, with whom he has no contract, and towards many of whom he has no sentiments but fear, hatred, or contempt? How does he become subjected to the control of men like himself, who, by nature, had no authority over him, but who command him to do this and forbid him to do that, as if they were his sovereigns, and he their subject, and as if their wills and their interests were the only standards of his duties and his rights, and who compel him to submission under peril of confiscation, imprisonment, or death. Clearly, all of this is the work of force or fraud or both. Wow. I mean, <laughs> do you hear all that? This is the kind of message I try to get to people is that this is why you have to decentralize that. I know people are never going to be anarchists like me, but we have to massively decentralize because you can't have the situation where you have hundreds of millions of people and then you have this insane idea of a majority vote <laughs> and, and then that's it. That's the rule. That's the law. And it, no one even knows what any of this stuff means. You're just a total slave to this insane system, and anybody can look around and see that. The income tax can take any amount it wants from you, spend it on anything they want, throw you in any amount of debt, strip you of your ability to make a living, force you to take a vaccination. It's crazy that the people continue to run around and pretend that this is freedom, that there's consent to any of this. And the fact that nobody's offered up any real explanation of consent just proves there is no consent. And he spends a huge amount of time in this essay talking about consent in all these different ways. And I'm going to go over all of them in time in different podcasts because it's essential that people understand the fundamental nature of how badly misled they are. And I've spent plenty of time uh, showing people, and I'll spend more time showing people all the examples of how they are misled all the time out in public 
by media figures and different ways. But I, I do want to continue to show people the problem with their arguments and start breaking out the regular, the true legal arguments, the, the brilliance of Spooner and how he decimates the concept of constitutional conservatism and the idea of freedom and liberty and all the stupid crap that people run around and support. And the fact now is it's getting so bad because our freedoms are just disappearing so badly, so badly. And people continue to tell me about the freedom, the justice, the liberty, and the voting. And I've said for quite a while now, I'm completely convinced that even when they're sitting in the camps, they're going to be telling me about the stupid Constitution. The brainwashing is so, so deep. It's so deep. Wow. Man. Well, that's where I'm going to end this episode, just because I think it's a nice introduction to kind of the concepts. And, you know, people are free to read the book. It's, it's not that long of an essay, and it's, it's free. It's out there in the, the public. There's no copyright on it. I have copies myself, but, you know, people can do whatever they like with it. And I hope this kind of show, if it's, you know, if it's not a kind of show people want me to do more of, then I won't. But I think the show's, I think it's going to be helpful just to really go through it. It's, it's going to end up, like I say, being an awful lot of shows and a lot of time. But I'm hoping at the end of it, it would be like a really super effective kind of course for people to be able to, to study over time and listen to and have as a counterbalance to the insanity that we get bombarded with for decades and decades as you live every day 24-7 with the nonsense and the Hollywood and the academia and the lies and the media and the, the, the talk radio and the politicians. and It's just nonstop. It's so hard to think clearly about it. So... So that's it for today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I really love Spooner. It's, all his stuff is so, so well written. And yeah, he's got a little bit of old timey kind of language in there. And his sentences are really long compared to what we are today. But wow, his concepts are so clear, so well thought out. So if you like following me, I spread his kind of word on my Twitter. I'm legal man at US Law Review. And you can listen to my old shows. I've got them out in public at this point. I don't know how long I'll leave them out there like that. I'm going to pull a bunch from my suspect eventually over time. It just gets dangerous to be out there. I have to balance that against how much support I have. So you can support my show. I appreciate the people in Patreon. I want to thank them because I make the show and I hope that people get to listen to it. But I also I really appreciate the people who support me financially because my time is very valuable. And I think my show is unique, and I appreciate the fact that those people in there respect my time. I really do. I, I really appreciate that. So, And I know everybody knows that the movie, The Jones Plantation, I got cast as Mr. Jones. It's written by Larkin Rose. We were originally going to start filming in September, but it's gotten pushed because of the stupid Rona and all the restrictions. We've had to kind of rework it a little bit and now the goal is end of October November to shoot the thing but we still hope it's going to be out early next year it's a great project I hope people get behind that so I think that's it I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there you guys have been a great audience everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are take care thank you everybody let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man great show More quash. More quash. Mega.